Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have a lovely, beautiful returning guest with me, Mr. Davey Wavy from the Red Pill Cartel podcast. How the hell are you, my dear? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Uh, I'm pretty good. You know, like I said, I, I had a nap before I came on because, <laughs> dude, Wednesdays for me are rough for podcasting because... Like, I get up super early. For me, it's super early on a Wednesday. And then I'm just totally burnt out by the time I get off work. Mm -hmm. So I made sure I laid down for a bit before I jumped on here. <laughs> well, that's nice. I love naps at my age. Naps are a good thing. Uh, but I wish I could nap like a cat does. Me like too. 20 I hours much, a day. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much just close my eyes and don't fall asleep. I'm pretty much just resting my eyes that's me too and then i sit there and i just like think of things mm -hmm. or I'm like i'm like i could really use you know like at least an hour of sleep if i could just fall asleep and i keep saying that and of course it never happens <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what it is for me too it sucks so, yeah it does so tell me sweetheart what in the hell has been going on in your world Man, it's been I, a long time since we've been chit chatting together. Well, one on one, yeah, but we had that mm -hmm. that that goats of the round table, the mm -hmm. first episode. That was the last time we actually spoke. It's been uh, a while. Which people loved that one, by the way. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I had a a little bit of a rough patch there. I had to put the show on hiatus for a bit. I had to cancel a bunch of shows because. Mm -hmm. My dad, who I live with, just wasn't having it because he was having uh, low blood sugar and low oxygen, mm -hmm. and which both of those combined together had made him uh, hallucinate and see people and talk to people that aren't there. Mm -hmm. uh, he was falling down, and he's a big guy, so every time he fell down, we'd have to call the fire department or paramedics to pick him up and uh, it was probably like the eighth fall when I was home I was on the phone with my brother and my dad was sitting on the couch and all of a sudden he just went boom face first on the ground oh that's awful yeah it was it was fucking terrifying because I was like oh my god right like I was getting used to the falling which I shouldn't have but like I told him like dad that's it like you're you're going to the hospital because Every time they asked him if he wanted to go to the hospital, he would he would refuse. So when I was on the phone with my brother and I said, "That's it, you're going to the hospital. You're getting checked out. I had enough of this, and you should you should you should have enough of it too." And my brother's like, "Yep, good idea, Dave. You know." And then right. my dad my dad heard heard everything. And he's like, "Okay, I'll go. I'll go." Right. And uh, he was in there for two weeks, and they got pretty much everything sorted out and he's home now he's home after like a week and a half ago and he's been like a hundred times better that's good yeah so he, he didn't like, he didn't break anything did he when he fell no thankfully but i told him i'm like dad like you fall again the wrong way like you could fucking break your neck or something you know right absolutely and uh yeah so now he's on the mend he's 
he he quit smoking completely. He's he's like thirty days now without a cigarette. Nice. And he doesn't. He, we were thinking we he might have needed to have like an oxygen tank to bring home, but no, his oxygen levels like went perfect in the hospital. Wonderful. Yeah, and so, his blood sugar is nice and sorted out now, and he's sleeping better. He's a lot more talkative and aware of what's going on, and I couldn't ask for any more. And he's like, I'm so fucking proud of you that you put your foot down and made me go, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my so, whole family, too. My whole family's like, dude, I'm, we're so proud of you. I'm like, what can I do? Like, I don't want him to fucking die, you know? I'm not going to leave him there. So uh, does stubbornness run in your family? Absolutely, it does, and I'm <laughs> I'm more stubborn too. Well, we're me and my dad are both Tauruses, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, it's definitely a stubborn thing. So let me ask you a question: since you are Canadian, I'm, a, I'm assuming that you guys have the universal health care up there. Yep. Was there anything that you guys could not get or had to wait on because of that for your dad? We pretty much got everything we needed. That's good. Yeah. And even like the the nurses in the hospital were great to him. Uh, he like they all loved him, too, because my dad's like a funny guy like me. Right. Mm hmm. And they like he was. Oh Lord, that. two of you. <laughs> I two know, right? In the same room. The <laughs> apple, the mercy. apple doesn't, the <laughs> apple doesn't fall too far, you know. But uh, yeah, like I would go visit him almost every day, and you know, bring him some popcorn and stuff like that because he was watching movies, and mm-hmm. he was on the men like a week after his second week, right? So he was a lot more awake and alert and sticking to his diet. He's still sticking to his diet at home. But the doctor said, if you're going to eat junk food, it's, it can only be popcorn. So I'd bring like a bag of popcorn to him every time I came, right? I would not be upset about that because that is one of my favorite things to eat. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I don't mind popcorn myself. Uh, but um, yeah, the staff were amazing. And I every time I visited him and walked by all the nurses, I, I would say, God bless you. Thank you so much for taking care of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's it's surprising, too, because this hospital that that he was at is notorious for uh, being pretty fucking shitty for uh, they weren't one of the famous TikTok uh, dance. Videos, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think so. No, <laughs> no, but they're they're like it's so busy all the time that like people can't get the proper care that they need. And they're building another mm-hmm. hospital here. Right to kind of counterbalance that shit. Right. So, right. So how has it been for him? Like changing his diet? Was that hard for him? Uh, you know what, when he was in the hospital, he didn't, the, um, the doctors are saying, we want to keep you here as long as we can to, uh, you know, monitor you, make sure everything's fine before you go home. And my dad never pushed them to get him out as fast as they could. He said, I want, I want to like, you know, get better. And I want to do the things that I need to do. And, uh, they were like, okay, great. Right. And so that included like smaller portions of food and the proper foods. And Mm -hmm. they gave him a lot, uh, better of an explanation of 
the proper, you know, natural sugars that he could eat because mm-hmm. he was avoiding like fruits and all that shit because, oh, it's got sugar in it. But it's like, no, you can eat these fruits because it's natural sugar, you know, mm-hmm. and it won't make your blood sugar spike. Right. So, right. so now he's like eating more like, like, you know, like canned fruits with uh, no syrup in it, just water, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. And yeah, he's, his blood sugars are way better than they used to be. So that's good. Yeah. So but I'm I'm still I'm still keeping an eye on what's in the fridge <laughs> before I go to work and when I come home and I'm like if there's like shit missing I'm like dude how much fucking food did you eat today you know but I don't think it, it hasn't been a problem You're not tossing his room for candy bars and snacks are you No he he doesn't really he doesn't really do that <laughs> <laughs> I know but, there's a lot of people that are like that and you know the with the quote make that make that switch and make that change to the new diet and then they're hiding like Snickers bars and, and stuff under their mattress. <laughs> right. No, he he's never really been into like candy bars and shit like that. The one thing he did do a lot though before was uh he would buy like, you know, cookies, like bags of cookies and stuff, and I'm like He's like, oh, what cookies do you want? I'm like, Dad, I don't care. I don't really eat them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you know, if my blood sugar goes too low, I could have a cookie here. And, and then, he, like, he was eating, like, all of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like Pringles. You can't stop with just one, right? Right. <laughs> so it's kind of good for me, too, because it's like the cookies aren't there. Cause I would sneak a couple here and there. Right. But mm-hmm. it's, it's good now that they're not here at all anymore. So I don't have to sneak them because I could use, the, I could use to lose a few pounds myself. Right. So are you, are you doing this uh, dietary change with him too? Not particularly, <laughs> not necessarily for me. What makes me tubby is this stuff. Oh Yeah. Yeah, the beer, it's hard to get away from because I just, like, enjoy it so much when I come home from work and it's just like, ah, you know, throw back a few. I know. I love beer so much. That was, like, my go-to thing. That was my favorite thing. And uh, I stopped doing that, like, mm, a year ago now. Okay. And and so, you know, it's really rough sometimes because I'm like, oh, like, especially as, as – psychotic as my year has been i'm just like oh right i really want to drink like a lot of beer right now but yeah yeah especially when i when i do my own podcast too it's like it just loosens the lips you know mm-hmm. maybe a little too much sometimes i think in my show you could probably <laughs> you can probably hear me slur sometimes <laughs> But that's all right, because you're a funny guy anyway. And that's one of the things that I absolutely love about you is I don't know where in the world you find all the stuff that you send me. (laughs) But it's so flipping hilarious. The thing that I love the most recently that you've been sending me are those um, those voiceover videos. The. was it your health minister or whatever? Oh, from uh, Ben Bankus, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's the uh, he's the my Canadian hero right now. He's I don't I don't know if you've seen what he's doing, but he's actually running for mayor of Toronto. 
Oh, that's fantastic. And he's, you know, he's wearing a rainbow colored suit and he's saying like, vote for Ben Bankus because I'm the least racist of them all. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his stuff is pretty funny. And, and I get such a kick out of like every reel that you send me. It always makes me chuckle. And so um, you don't know like how many times that you have brightened my day unknowingly. That's I, no, thank you. Know, you know, I, I, you're welcome. I, I heard uh, you and Colby on on your show, and mm -hmm. I was almost like I was tearing up when you guys were talking about me. I was like, oh my god, like I bring that much joy to people. I didn't even know, you know. Yep, you but certainly like, do. And Col the, Col Colby said, like, I'm pretty sure, like, that's what he's here for, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're here for entertainment purposes. And uh, kudos uh, for entertaining the hospital staff. So there you go, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. You know, I try to make every moment, like, as, you know, I try to uplift people in my daily life, you know, like right. at, at work, work can be like a, a soulless and robotic environment. So, mm -hmm. so when somebody comes me, somebody like me comes along and just like, is like constantly fucking cracking jokes to people and shit. They do, they like, they love, they, they kind of gravitate toward me, you know, like, what do you got now? What's your, what's your joke? You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I gotta, I gotta access the databanks. Hold on. You know, <laughs> But usually I got this one joke for the day and I roll around, I go around to everybody that I like and I just like crack the joke to them. And they're like, holy shit, dude. The joke, the joke, the joke today was I'd go up to like somebody. I'm like, you know, I've been trying to like ask people this, but they don't know this. There's this Russian surgeon who's like really famous for performing, um, you know, uh, helping males transition to females. And they're like, really? Like, what's his name? I'm like, Dr. Dr. Kachikakov. <laughs> <laughs> and they just fucking die. And they, they like <laughs> shake their head and they like, walk away, right? Only so funny. you. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's what I love about you, though, because you're always so just light and fun. And like I said, I, this year has been like, an awful year for me. Oh. And so it is nice to like open my messages and have those moments of humor in my life. And I'm just like, Oh, you have no idea how much I needed that at that moment. So thank <laughs> I'm you. glad I'm thank glad you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I've been discussing this a lot lately with people, like even on my show, how, you know, like the whole grieving process of when you first, when you're first awakened, mm -hmm. you know, when the, when the veil drops from your eyes and you see everything was a lie and you're, you're just, you crawl into the shell and you, you just want to like cry and, or like you're super depressed. Mm -hmm. But then like, once you, once you like get over that grieving process, you're able to start thinking more with your intuition right? and it, it allows you to, you know, it, that intuition kicks into high gear, especially for me with COVID. It was like, I was well over the grieving process from like 10 years ago. So when COVID hit, I was like, this is bullshit. I already knew it was bullshit. And then everybody was like wanting the vaccine so bad. And I'm like, 
what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, you don't see this? Mm -hmm. But I had to, like, take a step back and say, okay, I'm awake and aware, but these people are not, so I have to forgive them for not seeing it, right? Right. So I wasn't really pushing out that, you know, that hate rhetoric. We're like, you fucking idiot. You you don't see right. this bullshit. Yeah. There were uh, a lot of lot of people did that too. And it was like yeah. so like it nasty. Was bad. It was yeah. bad. Yeah. And so my whole thing now is that I'm so over about what, what it is that the elites are trying to do um, that I just laugh about everything. Mm-hmm. Instead of like saying, you're a fucking idiot or this and that. I'll just, I'll just like sit back and watch and laugh at the whole shit show that's happening see and that's that's where um you can tell that you have had personal growth through everything you know and and there's so many people that like i don't have not gotten there or might not ever get to that point where where you don't let the news like control your personality for that day absolutely not you know, and it's so many people there like, oh, my God, did you hear Biden? Blah, 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 blah. Did you hear the WEF? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'm like, in the grand scheme of things, I personally don't care because in my little bubble, it's a happy world. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't allow those things to enter my daily life. Yeah. No, it's uh, people like Lady Liberty... Libby, you know, God bless her. I love her and everything, but mm-hmm. it's like, I, I get what she's trying to do. She's trying to spread awareness and everything, but it's just like, it's old hat to me now. Right. It's like, can we just get the the fake alien invasion happening already? And I won't be, tri- <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be tricked by that either. You know? Right. Right. I'm not going to be tricked by the antichrist at this point. Right. When he and- stands up on this pedestal, I'm like, dude, like at this point, I, I'm just like, um, all for Christ. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. dude, just come back already. Like, cause this, everybody knows now, just come back and annihilate these fucking assholes. You know, and I'm so, I'm so glad to hear you say that because like, um, I was having this conversation with catalyst the other night. Like my show has evolved so much from where I first started and now it's more like faith based and you know mm, that's um, where I'm going too. I'm I'm going like kind of like a variety show. Like my last episode was an independent artist who's making his own music mm-hmm. and he's awake and his right. music is all truth or based. So like I want more like kind of entertainment stuff like that, you know? Right. Because yeah. it, it's more like it's more like, okay, we're already awake. We know all this echo chamber information. Now what do we do with it? We try to grow as human beings and try to promote um, awareness through art or whatever, you know, and that's what I'm right. all about. I'm just, I just want to promote other people, not just myself. Yep. And that's, I love doing that too. And um, I had a new uh, person in the community reach out to me the other day and um, they were like, I just found you and I was listening to your show. And I said, you know, you should come on my show sometime. And they're like, really? Like they were shocked that I asked him. And I'm like, that's what it's all about is 
like elevating and boosting other people because absolutely you know, yeah i'm not i'm not in it for for money or fame or fortune by any means i would rather see someone else like succeed if that's their thing you know yeah we're you and i are succeeding in our own way you know mm -hmm. i'm not making any money off of this but right i i it's it's a passion of mine it's it's a mm -hmm. heartfelt passion project right, right? and the more I can get the word out for other people too is it brings me so much joy, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's storing my riches in heaven as right. opposed to here. Exactly. You're collecting yeah. your crowns. That's what you're exactly. doing. Yeah. yeah. And see, that's what like mine, mine changed my show changed so much and evolved into more like a therapeutic thing for people. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, talking about, you know, personal stories of growth and change and, you know, coming to God and, and stuff like that. And, you know, overcoming uh, traumas and, and whatever. And so it's been more like healing for people, which is definitely more my calling. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely think... not the politics and, and stuff that like that. I don't care. Yeah, see, all that shit is, like, it's bullshit anyway, right? So right. we got to just, like, you know, cut out the fucking weeds. And, mm -hmm. you know, as we keep podcasting, excuse me, <laughs> we, <laughs> as we keep podcasting, we can, because at first I was, like, all about, like, spiritual and esoteric stuff. And then mm -hmm. now it's just, like, okay, cut out all the weeds and all the bullshit right. and trim the fat and, like, see if this uh helps the show evolve i'm, I'm hoping it will you know right. but like all i want to do is i feel like i was put here to like inspire others to do something different than just the, the regular nine to five right mm -hmm. right Absolutely. that's that's what it's about for me and <clears throat> that's why i got you know vidal and the shadowy figures on because mm -hmm. this guy knows what's up with the world we connected on that, but we also connected on our favorite artists who mm -hmm. were successful. And hopefully now as truthers, these musicians can succeed with uh, more positive lyrics and uh, not uh, nonsensical materialism, bitches, money, hoes, cars, right? that kind of thing, right? Like help these people succeed. Right. Yeah. And I even, e even people that, want to get into politics who are red pilled mm -hmm. you know there's there's people like chris guy i don't necessarily think he's like the best person in the world but he certainly has better ideals than <laughs> the corrupted assholes out there right than the climate fairy <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect i saw that like right when i was waiting for you to come on the show and i'm like sat here for a while and i'm like let me think of something clever to say no mm -mm. no i can't i can't do it because it was like about don't flick your dick if you have a fairy dick and stuff like that and I'm like, <laughs> probably better not post things like that yeah <laughs> so talking about mr trudeau um mm -hmm. i have i have a question for you uh, regarding all of your fires up there. Yeah, that's another thing I was right. I was on to right away with my intuition. It's like, that's bullshit. 
Because mm-hmm. for one, we're not we haven't even hit summer yet. Mm-hmm. In Quebec, there's there's no droughts anywhere in Canada, mm-hmm. and yet suddenly we got all these fucking wildfires everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like Canada is burning. How? Like we're not even hitting record high heat yet. Well, and that's what you know. As soon as I saw that, and I was like, "Well, it's not just one part; it's like the whole of Canada, like all yeah. across Canada." Yeah, and I think so, it's like four provinces or something, and four so, or five provinces. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to me because you know, of course, he comes out with his, "Oh, we got to do something about this climate change because that's why all these fires are going on." Blah 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 blah. Yeah, they always play the hero card. They they it's cause and effect, right? They right. it's let's let's make the problem and then provide the solution. That's they, that's what and they that's, do all the time. That's Hig- the Hegelian dialect constantly. And that's the thing because there were so many people that were shooting footage of drones shooting fire down, shooting fire and down, starting fires. Yep. And I was like. Well, if that isn't the shit, I mean, I that happens here, like in California, a lot as well. But I was like, isn't that something that you know, this is their um, their hill that they're going to die on because you know, previously the WEF was like, oh yes, we're going to, you know, we're, there's climate lockdowns coming, right? So here's another question about that. Um, a lot of people said that Canada is pushing as well for those, uh, 15 minute cities. Do you know anything about that going on up there? Absolutely. Um, there's a girl up here. Uh, she's, she lives in Alberta. Her name is Tiana. And there's also another, uh, TikToker that I communicate with, uh, named uh what's her name again um identical shade on tiktok and they're all about the exposing the 15 minute cities agenda um i tried to get identical shade on but it didn't work out but i did have tiana on and uh yeah she knows her shit like i don't research a lot of this stuff i get guests on who i Mm -hmm. see that are researching get them on right Right. But um, yeah, it's she goes into like all these municipal websites and finds the fact that they're they're trying to implement all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. Like, um, I'll give you the episode number here. I'll shout her out now. It was uh, episode 100 where I got my new theme song on. And uh, yeah, Tiana, 15 minute smart cities and absolute spiritual warfare because it's all connected with that. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it, it it starts off slow. It starts off in the municipalities, and then if people get on board with it, then it expands from there. Right. And right. then if people want it, then it'll happen. And for the most part, it looks like, like of course, we don't want it to happen, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of people would think, oh, yeah, it's a smart idea for climate change, right? Right. <clears throat> well, that's what I was gonna say because. Um, I have friends that live in Canada and they're like, as a general rule, Canadians are super nice and they just go along to get along. <laughs> I was like, that's, 
that's, well, that's the kind problem. of a that's kind yeah. of an issue. <laughs> yeah, you see what's happening, Janet, is that you know <clears throat> uh, the Australian government and the New Zealand government and mm -hmm. those those were like the testing grounds for the NWO uh, policies and the the changing of times and laws like the Antichrist does, right? Mm -hmm. um, Australia, that's probably why I have a lot of listeners from there. Um, because Australia and Canada are like in the same boat, essentially. Right. Like I had a guest on from New Zealand. He said, dude, there's drones going around, like fucking monitoring people. Mm -hmm. And it's right. like, we can't, we can't let that happen. Right. Like we're already monitored enough with our cell phones, but right. then once they once once this asshole Elon Musk gets everybody to take the fucking Neuralink, it's game over. But you know, um, I saw something where the um, the who is pushing for um, a, a surveillance state basically over all of the world because misinformation and disinformation is an existential global threat. Sure. And yep. so they are pushing for uh, monitoring every citizen or whatever. And there, there was some kind of interesting um, <clears throat> like documentary or uh, from a, a guy that used to work at the um, at Antarctica and they're stationed on Antarctica, and he was talking about um, it's not what people think it is. It's not like monitoring the weather and stuff. It is actually like a global surveillance headquarter thingy, whatever. So nothing, nothing is shocking anymore. Nothing mm -hmm. shocking, like James addiction. James addiction said, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Now I know what that means. Mm hmm. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, and and people will, like, freak out, and they'll be like, oh, my God, well, we can't watch TV, or we can't use our phone, or whatever. But literally, there's smart technology in so many things nowadays. Like, our washer and dryer is even, like, smart technology. We didn't buy it. It was already here. But it's like, you know, refrigerators, things like that. I mean, they're so stoplights traffic yeah. cameras there's so many ways to monitor people yeah and it's all in the in the disguise of oh this makes life easier for you mm -hmm. that's, that's right. what it is yeah i'm i'm one of those people i hate technology i've always hated technology and every time there's something new i'm like nope don't want it don't need it don't care because I remember what life was like before all of these things crept in. Right. And it was a lot better. Yeah. I remember watching. Do you, have, do you ever see that movie Johnny Mnemonic with Keanu Reeves? I don't know. I don't remember. It was like, I think it was early 90s, probably like 93 or 92 or something like that. But this was like before The Matrix, which was 99, right? Mm -hmm. Or 98 or something like that. But Johnny Mnemonic to me was so cool because, you know, he he had a data. He had like a hard drive in his brain. He was a, a data courier, mm -hmm. so he goes to this place and they upload all this data into his brain. 
and there's too much data that it starts leaking in his brain. And he has to like find a, a, a lo-fi tech doctor to extract it. And they find out that what was uploaded into his brain was like the cure for this pandemic that was going mm-hmm. around. Yeah. <laughs> and it was called, it was called the black shakes because people would like, like Trevor and Twitch and shit when they got it. Right. But, um, there's a part in the movie where he puts on this, this headset and he puts on these gloves and he's in like the virtual world. He's like, like just like going through these corporate areas and like extract, like fighting um, firewalls and, you know, getting through the firewalls, trying to get to this one uh, hacker who was surrounded by firewalls. They couldn't get to him and he got to him. And it, it was, it's so crazy, but I used to think that shit was so cool, but that's what's happening now. Like all this stuff that we thought in the movies was so cool is coming now. And it's like, now I don't want it. Well, that's funny back, that you said back that- in the day, I used to want it. And now I'm like, no, nope, this shit ain't cool. It's funny that you said the black shakes. Cause I was sitting there thinking kind of like the people that got vaccinated that were all over the internet with the, you know, yep. The shakes and whatever. Yeah. I, I just, I hate tech and like, especially coming from the nursing field when Obama mandated that everything go electronic, Uh you know, and we had to switch to electronic record systems and, and all of that stuff. That is when healthcare really, really went in the toilet because it's like, everybody's so concerned with, you know, the, the programming and the, you know, doing your computer stuff that like you completely forget patient care. Uh And I was like, I was like, I don't like this. And they kept going, Oh, it's, it's secure and safe and it's not hackable. And I'm like, it's internet based bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. And then look at all the companies that uh, ransomware attacks. And, yeah, they, and they do it to hospitals too. And what's going to happen if Klaus Schwab's cyber attack is going to mm-hmm. happen? You know, everything they, they mm-hmm. will, it's not a cyber attack, dude. You're going to fucking turn it off uh, deliberately. Right. You know, and well, that's what, that's going to fuck a lot of shit up. It is because think of how many people um, do online banking because your companies are like, you have to have your paycheck direct deposited. That's like right. a thing. That's like a thing here. Um, this is I, this is what people were scared of, Janet. Uh, Twenty three mm-hmm. years ago, when the whole right. two thousand thing was going right. to shut down all the computers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mm-hmm. there, it's a constant threat by these fucking elites. Yep. Well, and you know, pal. Uh, I mean, they would be able to wipe out everything, not just communications and, you know, banking, but literally everything is online. So all you, your, you, yeah, exactly. All I sound like Joe Biden just then all the utilities are online. Right. And so it's like, okay, they, they, they literally got you unless you know how to go outside and build a fire. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm super thankful that uh, I have a brother 
an older brother who is living off grid and he constantly tells me when shit gets too heated, get your ass up here, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, and see, I would not have a problem with that because I hate like tech stuff so much. Right. Um, and I, I, there would always be things for me to do where I would get bored, but my husband, I think would struggle. Right. With the no tech stuff. I probably would too, but I would let it go. I would let it go quick, I think. Just oh, because be I'm in that mindset where it's like it, it, things are the way they are. It is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that something's coming. So mm -hmm. in my heart, I'm prepared for that, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's part of like what our purpose is now is like, being prepared and helping other people prepare emotionally. Exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, even, I mean, I, I think I would do a good job. You ever watch naked and afraid? My dad watches it all the time. He loves it. <laughs> so like we laugh about that all the time. Cause I'd be like, Oh, I could totally do that. Cause I could totally build a shelter and I could make a fire and, you know, whatever. And I grew up fishing and stuff and he grew up like a city boy. <laughs> and right. he's like, I don't think I'd be much help unless you just told me what to do. <laughs> I mean, I probably would be the same because I'm not like I'm 44. Right. And I grew up in the city. I grew up playing fucking video games and partying with friends. I never really got into like, the whole nature outdoors thing, right? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, give me a task and I'll do the best I can. <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey, we could use your beard hair to make twine for a bow if we needed it. I'm telling yeah, you, that... your beard, the beard power is strong right now. It is. It is. I got like three compliments today by random people. So how long have you been growing it? I started, uh, what was it? Just when I started my podcast, actually, uh, two years ago. Yeah, wow. the, le the length I trimmed a couple times, but mm -hmm. I'm letting the length grow. But like the sides, I kind of just like. Make sure it doesn't go out to here, right? So I just kind of because it will. It, you don't it want will. it to be wider than your shoulders. Yeah, it'll it'll go out to here if I don't trim it, right? So <laughs> my husband used to have a beard that was really long like that, and we went out one time, and one of our friends was like, "Dude, I will pay you to cut your beard off." I'll Hell no, I wouldn't yeah. take it. He, well, he did. He put it and he put it in a baggie and he took it to the guy. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like a joke, but the guy, the guy didn't plan on paying him and he didn't plan on getting money for it. But yeah, he was like, I got to trim it to, for work anyway, because his employer would have a cow. No, so, I'm, I'm thankful that <clears throat> uh, COSTO has not asked me to trim it or shave it. Like, mm -hmm. They just let me be myself, which is cool. Well, and you're lucky because there's he's worked for a couple of different places. In one place, no facial hair whatsoever, not even a mustache. Uh, that's gay. They want people to be betas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was like, 
Hmm, this is probably my last day. That was a long time ago, but yeah, he, this is the second place now that are very, uh, you can have a beard, but it has to be real, real short, you know, and yeah. very clean you know, shaven. You know how much it would take for me to cut my beard? Mm -mm. Well, folks, I eliminate one tax loophole out of a trillion six hundred billion worth, for, uh, a trillion four hundred billion worth, <laughs> out of a billion four hundred million, I should be a trillion four hundred billion dollars. <laughs> About that much. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's a could be a lot of money. I'm not really sure what. <laughs> I don't think he is either. <laughs> He's like, what is it again? I don't understand decimal places. <laughs> Are you a dreamer, Janet? Like, do you have do you have a lot of dreams? Um, no, I okay. don't. I have. I dream every night. Like, it's a guarantee. There's no night that I sleep where I don't have a dream. And I think a lot of information from the creator comes to me there. Mm -hmm. Um. Like I've had so many dreams where, you know, I'm at like a party or something. And then all of a sudden we hear these loud noises outside and everybody's freaking out. And we look outside and the, the fucking aliens are coming in and they're, uh, the mothership is there and all these other entities come from it and start trying to kill people or collect them or whatever. And, People are freaking out, and I'm just like, dude, this is this is all fucking bullshit, mm -hmm. you know. So I'm always like the calm in the storm for other people that are freaking out in my dreams. It's 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 wild. Well, see, and that's that's a definite message to you. And it, it's funny because you know, uh, Cat Catalyst lived with us for a while, mm -hmm. and I always used to tell him, I'm like. You know, like I'd go outside and sit for a long time and he'd come out and he'd be like, you look really serious. Are you OK? And I'm like, I'm just getting downloads. And he's like, downloads of what? Like he was thinking I'm at shows or something. And I'm like, no, like from God. And he's like, OK. <laughs> and I'm like, mm -hmm. Mine always come to me when I'm awake. And the only time I ever dream and I, this is what my show was about yesterday that i just released um but it was uh like if i dream there's always a snake spiders or a cat in it and so um i had on whitney fox and and we did a show on spirit animals and so she's telling me like symbolisms and what they mean and stuff and i'm like well that makes sense because the only time that I dream is usually um, when my life is chaotic or when it is chaotic with other people's things that they've been calling me about. Mm -hmm. That's the only time I ever dream ever. Interesting. Um, mm -hmm. No, for me, it's, it's every night <laughs> and there's always something like, I've had this one reoccurring, I have like thematically uh, recurring dreams. Like it's, it's the same theme, but not necessarily same dream. Mm -hmm. So one of them is I'm living in this house and I have people over 
and I don't even know uh, the whole layout of the house, but I do know that there's a secret room, and the secret room is difficult to get to. You have to go into this like kind of storage room, and then in that storage room, there's a board that you got to pull. Once you pull the board out, you got to sneak your way in and it's really hard to get into. But once you get into it, you look down and there's like a huge staircase that goes down and there's like this beautiful fucking ballroom in there. And I'm like, okay, so where is the entrance to that ballroom aside from my secret compartment in my house? It's really strange. I don't know what it's all about. And I'm trying to figure it out. I can't figure it out. But I keep getting this dream. It's where, like, I, I keep telling these people, like, want to see this room? Right? And then they see it. They're like, dude, what the fuck? This is in your house? You know? It's You're so like, weird. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then the You're last. Like, yes, but I don't know. <laughs> the, last, the last dream I had like that, it's always the same looking room. Beautiful ballroom. And it's like the last one I had like that people were down there already and like schmoozing it up and partying, you know, it was really strange. You know, the interesting thing about that is we, we talked about recurrent dreams as well. Are you you and Whitney? Yeah. Are you empathic? I think so. I think so. And when you were younger, did you ever have like night terrors? No. Interesting. Yeah. I've honestly, I think I've had like maybe two or three actual nightmares in my entire life. Most of my dreams are just like, they can be fucked up and scary. But when I wake up, I'm like, what was that all about? (laughs) You know? And and you always remember yours. Not always. Only the extremely vivid ones. Gotcha. I remember extremely vivid dreams from like 15 years ago. That's interesting. Yeah. The only, the only one that I remember is, is the recurrent dream. And it was like a super weird thing. Like I was stuck in the pages of the phone book and the phone book just kept flipping pages and flipping pages and flipping pages. And like, I couldn't get out of that. I don't know why, but yeah, that's it was. They I were was. flipping by themselves, like, mm-hmm. and you're yeah. like, you're like freaked out, like, what the fuck? I can't stop this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like, I was somehow like in in the book, and these pages just kept like flying past me. I don't know, it was weird. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't have vivid dreams very often, but like I said, there's always you, always, always. If I dream, is a snake a spider or a cat always are you those animals in it um no okay they're, they're usually but they're, they're just in it yes they're usually like the snakes are usually chasing me uh the spiders are usually like a bunch of them covering a wall yeah <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> don't know there's there's two other themes. I was actually telling a coworker about this one today because she was telling me she's 20 years old and she's in university, right? Mm-hmm. For psychology. And I was asking her a bunch of questions like, Oh, are you into like criminal psychology? This, that she's like, no, that's not my thing. It's, it's too much for me. Like, I don't want to 
get into the mind of a killer and shit, right? But like we were talking about like dreams, right? And I, I told her I keep having this these themes in my dreams where it's like I just told you, it's not the same dream, but the the theme is the same where I'm in either college or middle school or high school and I get to get to school the first day and I don't know which class to go to because I don't have my schedule and I go to the head office to get my schedule and they can't find my schedule. (laughs) And I start freaking out. Like, well, what am I going to do? Right. Or it's, I need one credit and I, it's mandatory that I take four classes so I'm slacking off on all the other three classes, and then I end up saying, fuck this whole school thing in general, right? Like, <laughs> like it's like this maze that I'm going through. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm just sitting in this class because I, ha- I, I have to take it, but I, I don't need the credit, so I'm not going to do any of the work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I end up, I end up finding out, like, I already fucking graduated. Why am I here? <laughs> your uh what do you call that when you sit in on classes i can't remember what there's a word for that where oh you like audit you audit the classes okay maybe you were maybe you were in auditing mode <laughs> maybe uh i'm i'm trying to get the download myself of what creator wants me to think this is right like mm-hmm, right maybe i'm here to help other people go like transition from uh elusive elusive reality to actual reality and because yeah. like this this plane of existence i believe is a prison but it's also a school for souls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i think that i've awakened enough to the point where i can help other people come to that realization. So maybe Maybe. it's like the whole school thing, the whole school theme is just that. It's like, and and why I'm like, I don't need to be here. I've already graduated. Right. Well, and that's what maybe you're like, um, helping people navigate through lessons in life. Right. Maybe that's your job. Yeah. But the main, the main lesson I believe is that, you have to realize that you're in this fucking prison of a planet. And this is, this has led me to some other really crazy uh, realizations. I've had, I had a, a, a listener reach out to me and she sent me this huge Reddit post. I didn't read it all, but I get the gist of it. So, <laughs> excuse me, the reptilians have learned how to master uh, soul manipulation. So, when we pass away and you, I, I, I'm pretty sure you probably heard of this theory already that when we die, there's like thousands, tens of thousands of people who have experienced leaving their body and seeing the light and heading toward the light. Mm-hmm. This whole Reddit post was about that. The reptilians have hijacked that whole light thing and tricked us into believing that, if you go into the light, you're going to heaven, but the light is actually coming back into the prison planet through reincarnation. Which, which is interesting because there's a lot of people out there that, that 
can tell you what they did in a past life. Right. And have memories of like flying an airplane or, you know, being being a pilot in, in a certain war or, you know, whatever. And they and, they yeah. know very vividly what their life was like. Yep. So that brings me to mm-hmm. the fact that every person born in this planet who re- who incarnates into a vessel has amnesia. We are an amnesiac planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are gifted enough to have the awareness that when they come back, they have, they can memorize their past life. I haven't had that, but that being said, how do you get out of that cycle? Don't go towards the light, which is so attractive when you pass away. If you turn around, maybe you go into the void and then you ascend. You, your, your soul will ascend. I don't know. Maybe it, it's a huge trick from these people Maybe. who have mastered the art of soul manipulation. Yeah, there's so many possibilities out there about what things could be and what lies in store for us. But um, I want to ask you a question or I want to talk to you about something. Um, because you've made a post about this. And I have had the same conversation with other people. So your post is about, or it says, idolatry is the worst thing. Are we truly saved? Hold on. I remember this, yeah. Uh, Type of deity. Even, dare I say, Jesus. The Old Testament constantly says we shouldn't, yet... Uh, people wear a cross around their neck. What are your thoughts on that? Right. So, I want to know what your opinion is on this particular thing because um, I've had this conversation many a time. Okay. <clears throat> so, where I was coming from on that was the fact that, you know, like it says in the Bible, like, you shouldn't worship graven images. And what was, what was the first thing that people did when in the time of Moses, they worshiped the golden calf, right? Right. What happens after Jesus dies, he's crucified, this and that the Christian church gets established. They start worshiping the image of the cross and uh, the image of Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. And start wearing crosses around their necks. Now the cross itself there's two different things. Um, the cross was already established in, in, in paganism. The pagans were already wearing crosses. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus gets crucified on a cross. And if you fold up the cross, it actually is a cube. And what's the cube represents Saturn, right? The black mm-hmm. cube. Right. So, I think it's a trick to get people to worship a graven image. Uh, Do you think like, okay, let's say Davy was, you know, the supposed Messiah. He gets crucified. I wouldn't want people to fucking wear a cross around their neck. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you're, it's like you're celebrating. People will justify this worship 
by saying that we're, we're celebrating his death for his, for our sins, but you you still have this graven image around your fucking neck, right? Mm -hmm. It's right. not, it's, it's not really like an attack on anybody in particular or a group of people. It's just, my thoughts are aligned with why would you have to wear a cross? If you're already, if you already have the Holy spirit inside you, why would mm -hmm. you want to like represent that image when you're told not to. Right. Right. And you know, it's funny because, um, a, like me for, you know, I, I do have one. Uh, I don't wear it all the time and it's definitely not a center of worship for me. I don't worship any images or, or whatever. To me, it's about, um, the great love that he had, you know, right, right. The passion for us. Right. But, um, with that being said, I will tell you that there are some people that definitely fall into that category. Don't like, don't touch it. I, I can't ever take it off. Like it's a part of me, you know, whatever, where they go. Like, <laughs> to left field <laughs> right 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 it's so, like you know it's kind of like a, a wedding ring to them like this this the cross like they don't ever take it off they don't wash it they don't right like essentially nothing. essentially that's <clears throat> that's their god right like right. that image and it becomes whereas like them. i don't wear a cross but i still know that he's with me mm -hmm. yeah and i i don't want like if I like my thoughts were like, okay, no graven images. Okay. Took the cross off. Right. Mm -hmm. Is right. that such a bad thing? If you, if you still have faith in him, right? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. And that's, I'm glad you posted that because like I said, that, that topic has come up multiple times and you either have the, you know, crazy people, like I said, or, you know, kind of like in the center, because I'm in the center. It doesn't matter whether I wear it or not. It's just like another uh, necklace kind of thing for me. I don't, you know, like I have uh, crystals, necklaces. Right. I don't wear them all the time either. I don't worship them. I don't use them for talismans or spells. <laughs> yeah. Anything like that. Usually I don't wear anything at all, uh, except clothes. I do wear clothes. Oh, I was going to say, ooh. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me rephrase that. Yeah. Normally I don't wear any kind of jewelry at all because I don't have to anymore. So, yeah. So, a lot of my thoughts these days, and I, I believe it's strengthening my faith, mm -hmm. is that <sighs> I'm separated from religion. I'm separated right. from labels, right? No labels, no religion for me. And people will always ask me, are you a Christian? I'll say, I refuse. I reject that label. Right. They're like, what do you mean? Right. I'm like, because I don't think label. Yeah. God did not. He did not create religion. Man created religion. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So I call God creator. Cause I think there's also a negative connotation with the word God. 
because God could be Satan too, right? He could be mm-hmm. a God. Right. So I say creator or source. Mm-hmm. And I'm separate from that. But I still know that I, c- I could look at anybody in the face and say, you are God too, because you are God from the source here in the flesh, having a human experience with me and everybody else. How could that be a bad thing? The problem with that is, I believe Satan is also trying to hijack that fucking uh, idea. Mm-hmm. But he, when the Antichrist comes, and believe me, he will come sooner or later, um, he will say that you are all gods having a collective experience, like a human experience, right? Mm-hmm. But his God is not the God that created us. Right. And he will fool so many people with that ideology. And that's what I want to make clear is that I believe in the source creator and also the Bible itself. Right. And the morals that come with the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. and which was written in fucking stone. Right. And those are the things we should be doing. Uh, treating each other with uh, you know, how we would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a complex ideology, but no, the whole trans agenda, the whole LGBTQ agenda, the transhumanism agenda, which is tied in with the LGBTQ agenda, the hijacking of the rainbow, mm-hmm. which has six colors and not seven, right? which is triple six and not triple seven. Mm-hmm. God's creator's ideology is being hijacked by Satan, and the and Satan knows the Bible better than anybody else. Right. You know, and, so and doing the inverse. Yeah. In yeah. this world, with with what God's word is, and so yeah. it's like, oh, you don't have to be uh, uh, the gender that you were born. You can switch to another gender, and it's okay because there's still love and light for you. Yeah, you know what I mean. They all say it's all about love, 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 and it's like, Mm -hmm. well, what is love? Love. They're saying love is protecting trans kids. Well, I say, protecting trans kids is don't allow them to chop their fucking dicks off when they're five years old. Right. That's protecting trans kids. But no, you want to say protect trans kids by allowing him to go to the doctor and get his dick chopped off. And the doctor makes a shit ton of money. It's all corporate bullshit. And mm-hmm. the corp- corporations are all satanic. Right. And the whole the whole push to um, remove them from their families. Yeah. You know, and you don't have to get parental consent. You can, you know, your kindergarten teacher can tell you that you're a little girl when you're a boy. And then they don't have to tell your parents and then they can start you on puberty blockers and start your process. But you can't vote. You can't buy a gun. Uh, You can't give sexual consent. You know, there's laws for all kinds of things where you have to be of age to do those things. But you don't have to be of any age to, to consent to transition. Gender mutilation or uh, genital mutilation. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but at the well, same and time. Ge- and you weren't wrong. Gender mutilation as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's places in the world right now where they're saying that it's okay to have sex with kids. It's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. It's happening so fast. and Well, and that was kind of the slippery slope when they started pushing like the LBGTQ agenda whatever and then you would see little glimpses of you know the the pedophilia and and stuff and they're working that into school curriculum too where it's being pushed through from from uh tavistock and united nations partnership where they're shoving it through all the schools where all your phobia or um fetishes and and stuff like that is all included in your in your gender and your sexual identity, right? And so, of and course, that's a that's a sexual perversion. That's a fetish. Yeah. And mm. uh, did I send you that Target video, the cartoon? Yeah. I think. So. I, oh my god, it was hilarious. Okay, let me play it because it's it's fucking funny, but it's not at the same time. Um. It's unbelievable. I'm going to play this clip and uh, hopefully everybody can hear it okay. Here we go. Hello, I'm the CEO of Target. I set up this focus meeting because our tuck-friendly clothes for kids received a lot of backlash from the public. Parents keep saying we're sexualizing their kids, and I really don't see a problem with this. So I've arranged a new child clothing line I think they will love. But first, I'd like to thank the Minnesota Department of Corrections for allowing you, a pedophile, to help judge this new outfit. The new line is called Kinky Kids. The main component of the outfit is a full-body latex suit with a zipper hole at the mouth. The full-body coverage allows kids to have fun without getting any scrapes or bruises on their body. And I don't see a problem with that. It comes with two accessories, a red ball at the center of two leather straps, and a set of large steel marbles attached to a string. You see, kids love marbles, and the string prevents them from losing any if they wind up in some hole. And I don't see a problem with that. So what do you think? That's the best idea I've ever heard. Some parents may be concerned that this outfit is encouraging BDSM. So we've put a tag on all products that says, it is not BDSM. I'll go ahead and get manufacturing on the line, and these will hit the shelves tomorrow. Hello, I'm the CEO of Target. That is is insane, but not far-fetched. And, you know, the funny thing is, um, like when Target put all of those, you know, tuck-friendly swimsuits and and whatever uh, in the children's department, people went to Target, and they had them, and it says tuck-friendly swimwear or whatever and the people at target were like gaslighting the public going that's not that's not what that is we don't have things like that we don't carry products like that bullshit they're like like, it says right here yeah it's on your own label tuck friendly swimwear for kids whatever and they're and like their employees were gaslighting people saying that didn't exist yeah. So they basically want little boys to go around making it look like they don't have a fucking penis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 funny too because in that video, like if you see the animation, it's like mm-hmm. this big massive jumbled fucking genitalia. <laughs> it's and you know this this whole thing is so like disturbing to me and like 
has to be in every movie, every show. Uh, like they're making it seem like it's normal and, and that, you know, 90% or more of the population is or identifies as that group. They want everybody to fucking transition. It's like, dude, I'm, I'm comfortable. I think I, yeah, I posted a video a while back where I was ranting about this whole thing. And I said, how about we have a straight pride month where mm -hmm. I can say that I'm proud that I haven't taken a penis in my mouth or my asshole. Right. Like what's so bad about that? Well, and, that's and, if I, and if I speak out against this, then it's fucking, they're labeling it as hate speech. I had this right. girl, I had this uh, customer, uh, she was walking into the store uh, a couple days ago and she had a sh uh, sweater on that said, uh, you know, save the kids while we still can. And on the back, it said enough is enough. And I said, and she walked into the store and I said, wait, 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 wait. I wanted to talk to her. So I said, Hey, and she's like, she looks at me I'm like, what? She's like, what? I said, I'm just admiring your sweater. Um, I have a podcast. I talk about all this shit. And uh, she's like, Oh, okay, cool. And then we talk, started talking. She said, she got arrested for going up to, a place called Gravenhurst, which is up north from here, from where I live. And she was arrested for protesting at a church that had seven drag queens in the church. Mm -hmm. And it was labeled as a fucking hate crime. Uh, if that is not blasphemy, I don't know what is. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, um, and I love this conversation because we have uh, Gay Pride Month, Black History Month. Um, but you can't celebrate being straight or white um, or male or female uh, or, or military or whatever. So it's all this leftist ideology push for equality, right? But while pushing for equality, you are alienating or bastardizing everybody else that doesn't fit. Yeah. In, in whatever label that you want to push today. And so here's the thing. You can't, um, you know, we have to use pronouns and you have to identify as he, she, or whatever. Um, and so there's a blurred line between gender. However, they're still pushing. And I saw this literally all over the place today about uh, equal pay for women. Oh. I thought there were, there was a blurred line between male and female. Yeah, so I, thought is there was that, like I thought there was like 2,000 genders at this point. So does that, does equal pay for women only apply to actual biological women? Because if somebody that transitioned to a female, or if you're Dylan Mulvaney, um, then you're a man still collecting, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Curious. And yeah. if there's, if there's no, no given genders, there's no God given genders. It's not biological. Then how do you only transition between male and female? Right. 
do you think the whole feminism movement was like the beginning steps of like the stepping stone to this yes. whole thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I I hate feminism just as much as I dislike everything else that they're pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh because uh men are supposed to be men. They're supposed to be masculine. Uh they're supposed to be the providers. That's biblical. Yeah. The man it's, is uh, the head of the household. It's there's divine feminine and there's divine masculine. It's there's no there's nothing in between. Right. We you know, females have their role in the household and men have their role in the household. If you don't like that and if you you know, it it offends you as a female to to be a helpmate to a man. You know what I'm saying? Or be subservient to your husband. Obviously, you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> and this does not give the, the male the right to abuse his, his wife either. You know? Right. Correct. Yeah. But I think that abuse comes from probably a lot of that abuse came from feminism where the, the female just refuses to be to like have her role in the house. Right. So right. that male, that masculine guy, which they call toxic masculinity now is, um, you know, he's a fucking abuser, but there is abuse. Of course, there's like slapping and hitting but and battering. There's, there's and female shit, right? abusers too. Right. Because <laughs> Exactly. I've been through that. Yeah. Some, some females, um, and, and I'm generalizing here. But some females need to learn what their place is. You're supposed to have an equal partnership. You know what I'm saying? You're not supposed to, like, boss your husband around all the time and and make a to-do list. And you know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be, like, a loving relationship, not you're you're playing boss bitch. Yeah, another problem, though, is that the, the male just doesn't fucking step up and play his role, right? And that mm-hmm. causes a lot of turmoil in the relationship. Correct. Yeah. I, yeah. Had a, I have a friend who's, who's going through that right now, and, you know, hopefully he smartens up, or I'm going to go over there and smack him around, you know? Mm-hmm. But, because uh, yeah. they're, they're a great couple. I love them to death. I, I got to meet them uh, last year, or last winter. And, uh, but yeah, she's been, like, you know, asking me for advice and shit and I'm there for her and she's thankful for that. But I'm like, dude, if he, like he has to step up, like he's got to be the man and fucking, mm-hmm. you know, take you out on a fucking date and give you flowers and uh, make you fucking dinner, you know, but you can't be, you can't also be like constantly expecting these things from him, you know, right. like it, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. It's really it's very difficult to maintain a, a very balanced relationship, especially these days. Yeah. And see, that's where like um, communication is so important. Very important. You have to be so open. You have to like agree on what your roles in the house are, what your, you know, whatever. And, and once you have those conversations and, and make those, decisions together there there shouldn't be anything to fight about ever yeah 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 fighting fighting in the household is so common um my parents went through it 
I never grew up in a household where my parents were constantly arguing, mm-hmm. which I'm super thankful for. They did go through a couple rough patches where they split up, but then they got back together again. And mm-hmm. God bless them. You know, like we had such a, we had a great family. We have a great family. Uh, it could be a little bit more connected, but because people are spread out and doing their mm-hmm. own thing. But right. for the most part, you know, my dad's always been there for my mom and, and, and all of us, you know, I, I have four siblings, uh, Dude, my dad, my dad fucking met my mom after she had four kids, and I'm the youngest out of five. They're all my half half siblings, mm-hmm. but I always looked at them like they're my full siblings, right? Like, right. I never considered them my halves because I was the last one to be born in a new marriage with my mom and my dad. Right. <clears throat> and my dad, God bless him, took on four fucking kids, including me. So mm-hmm. I'm five, right? So it's it's astounding what people can do, and I just, you know, my dad had a couple rough patches with finances, and then my mom decided to be like, you know, she decided to split up with them twice, but they came back together again and again, and now my my poor mom has dementia, and she's in a nursing home, mm-hmm. and my dad is trying to get back on his feet. And he's he, every day that he can, he visits her. I go to visit her, you right. know, and it's, we're not going to leave her behind just because she can't fucking speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like and we go there, we, we speak to my mom. Like she, she can speak, to, speak back. Right. Mm-hmm. She can hear you regardless. Yeah. She knows God knows. Yeah. And she knows. Right. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, um, even in, you know, family relationships, you know, friendship relationships, whatever, is people forget how to communicate and how to mm-hmm. talk to each other. Yeah. And, I, and that's another thing where I think technology has destroyed a lot of that because there's not that like face-to-face communication where you can hear the tone of somebody's voice and, you know, whatever. Instead, it's like all keyboard warrior stuff. Exactly. You know yeah. I mean? There's no, or, you can't hear text emotion message. Yeah. Text yeah. messages where you can misrepresent or misinterpret what somebody is trying to say to you through text message because you can't see their facial expression or hear the tone of their voice. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. People take, like, people take shit the wrong way all the time. Like, I had this one girl who I was interested in. This was, like, back, like, 13 years ago or something, right? And I had my little fucking flip phone and I'm texting her. She's texting me back. And then all of a sudden she's, she's like, that's it. We're done. And I'm like, wait, what? What happened? Mm-hmm. Right? Because we didn't even meet up yet. And she's like, oh, look at what you said. I'm like, you, dude, you totally fucking took me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I had to like, I liked her so much that I had to like call her and say, dude, I didn't fucking mean that whatsoever you totally took it out of context right right and she's like i thought you were a fucking creep and this and that and blah 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 blah. and i'm like no dude i was just like i was being myself i was cracking a fucking joke and she took it the wrong way right well and i was gonna say that it's really hard to have those um communications with people when you have different personalities because we're more the jokester type 
personality people, you know, and then there's other people that are super serious and they don't ever crack jokes. And so it's super easy to get offended at people like us. Yeah, for sure. Because we like to laugh and have fun. Yeah. And everybody has a fucking pickle up their ass these days. Exactly. Or the beads from uh, Target. (laughs) (laughs) They were anal beads for the kids. love marbles. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck, dude. It's crazy, man. We're living in a crazy world, and I feel like I feel more alive and aware and astute mm-hmm. more than ever than I ever have been because I just see everybody in my daily life, and it's like, you guys are all fucking nuts, man. Yeah, and you know, I just I just love to go about my normal day, my normal behavior, and when I go shopping or you know whatever grocery store i talk to people whether they want me to talk to them or not me too me too i always say hi i open the door for people whatever and i'm just like kindness goes a really long way i may not agree with somebody's personal beliefs or politics or whatever but i can still be nice to people and maybe that will change their heart yeah that's all I can hope for. I don't remember, like my short-term memory is fucking. It's it's messed up now. But you have can't remember shit too. Yeah, <laughs> I call it I call it crap disease. Can't remember the fucking thing. But uh, brain I don't, poop. Yeah, I don't remember who I was talking about this with, but <laughs> I was saying like, I get even in my building. Like I live in an apartment building. I live on the nineteenth floor and. I get in the elevator. I go down. It stops a few floors down. Somebody gets in the elevator. And I'm like, good morning. And they just walk in the elevator and don't even acknowledge my existence. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is so bad in their life that they can't even acknowledge my good morning? Stranger danger. Yeah, I guess. It's the beard. You're very intimidating. I guess. But I always have a smile on my face. So, you know, it's just weird. Like, and that's what I was what to call the, you know, the NPCs of the world, right? Right. Like, they're just like half in, no half emotions. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, because every time somebody says good morning or hey, how are you? I'm like, yeah, hey, you know. Mm-hmm. That's me but, too. Yeah, but like if if some if I initiate and they don't respond at all, like they don't even look at me, I'm like, all right, ooh, I guess uh, somebody's shitting his cornflakes this morning, you know, <laughs> or or he's an NPC, right? Or maybe he's mad because somebody really did shit in his cornflakes. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Like, I don't judge either way. Like, I used to get fucking annoyed by it, but now I'm just like, eh. Maybe he had a fight with his wife last night. He just got up and he's fucking, you know, I don't want to deal with your fucking positivity right now, you cocksucker. (laughs) (laughs) Toxic positivity. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows, right? Like, that's why I don't judge anybody. Like, Same, same. But I still, I do, though. I still, I enjoy, like, being nice to random people. Me too. And yeah. Whatever. And 
I, I don't know. Like I have asked people if I could give them a hug before and stuff. And of course, sometimes people are like, what? And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like six feet, six feet. I just feel like you need a hug. Is it okay if I hug you? Most of the time people say yes, but you know, they may look at me weird first, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought to ask people to hug them. I just hug them. <laughs> well, you gotta be careful doing that. No, I, 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 I don't. <laughs> I'm just joking. Well, I was gonna say. I just go up and hug a random girl with a fucking miniskirt on, right? <laughs> I love you. He's so hot. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. You might wound up in jail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. That's... Sorry. That's all right. I'm good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty wild, dude. I just... I love the gift of life from our creator. And it's like, same. I just love being happy and trying to help other people be happy. Cause I think I told you way back in the day, like there's this coworker that used to work with me outside and he doesn't work with me outside anymore, but he, he, every fucking day he'd be like, he would look at me and he'd be like, put out his arms. Like, why are you so fucking happy all the time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I don't know, dude, because well, I'm blessed with a life and I have exactly, a soul. Exactly, because um, I have another day where I'm breathing. Yeah. Do you uh, want to be miserable? I don't. Yeah, no. And it's, you know, it's whatever you choose to make it. And I think that's like my thing. And that's why I I love going out and about. My husband says, you like to run around too much. Uh, he goes, what's he call it? I don't remember what he calls it, but anyway, uh, that's what I do. Like since I'm retired, when he goes to work, like if I'm not cleaning the house or doing stuff, working on a project or something, I'll just like run around yeah, just so I can like get out of the house and have that connection with people and like just smile and randomly talk to people and, and whatever. Absolutely. I don't necessarily need anything. I just like getting out of the house to do that so yeah maybe, that, maybe that's weird to some people i don't know no i, I think it's totally normal well, i mean for me anyway right like because i like there's days where i'm just like fuck i don't want to go to work but i end up going and then i'm happy because there's so there's so much foot traffic where i work you got to talk to somebody yeah i love I, I just love like you know, and another thing for me is that I always have my Bluetooth speaker with me and I'm always listening to music, which gets mm-hmm. me in trouble because the management doesn't want me to do that. But I do it anyway. <laughs> rebel. I'm a rebel, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I had like this one guy and I was listening to, you know, the band Rush, right? Did you say Rush? Yeah. Yes. You don't like them, do you? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I was listening to a song, uh, Limelight, by them, and this older guy with like kind of like longer gray hair, slicked back, and a ponytail walks beside me while I'm listening to the song, and we both start singing exactly in unison. <laughs> and he's like, "Dude, you're the fucking awesome," you know. And I'm like, "That's what it's all about," you know. It's mm-hmm. like getting people like just happy 
mm-hmm. like making it infectious, you know? Right. Exactly. And that's, that's me. That's my goal in life. And, you know, just making those human connections and, and that could have absolutely made that person's day. Yeah. Yeah. I and then he, to- he told me his name after, cause we were talking about music and all that. I was helping him load up his groceries in his car and, I'm like, what's your name, man? He's like, Alex. I'm like, cool, I'm Dave, man. He's like, yeah, man, I won't forget you. I'm like, I won't forget you either, you know? Like, it's fucking cool. Like, next time I see him, I haven't seen him since, but, like, I'm like, yeah, what song you want to hear, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People don't hate me because I don't like Rush. Uh, that's just a thing, I guess, because they played it on the radio so Too much, yeah, yeah. Much. There are some that I, I cannot, like, when they come on, I'm like, oh, screech. Uh, like them, uh, Bon Jovi, I can't stand because oh, everybody everybody in the bar scene plays Bon Jovi. The radio played Bon Jovi till like, it's like beating a dead horse. Right. Yeah, so. No, I, I, I know where you're coming from, but, like, I grew up with them, and yeah. I like their, their deeper cuts, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of just like Tom Sawyer all the time, right? Like I'll go to like the deeper cuts that like they're they're songs that are like fucking fifteen minutes long and shit, and I'll be like, fuck yeah, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. Um, I'm more of a uh, you know like Metallica, Slipknot, uh, yeah, like metal fan. So <laughs> I know you're a metal girl. That's why. That's what. That was one of the first things that uh, connected with you and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love, uh, I love stuff like that. Now, I there's a lot of um, n- new bands that, uh, like most people have never heard of before. Like, I really, really, really love ACDC, one of my favorite bands ever. There's a new band. Um, well, I guess they're not new; they've been around for a while. But it's called Airborne. And they sound oh airborne, yeah. They're from Australia, yeah. just like it's ACDC. Like, yeah, it's like a cross between ACDC and sometimes a little Motley Crue-ish, Motley Crue-ish, you know. And I'm like, oh, this is like awesome. So yeah, I like yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I just love rock and metal in general because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the last episode I had, I was talking about how like you know. Um, it just like I, I want to hear uh, music with real instruments. I don't want to hear right some you know black dude. Yeah, some black dude at a fucking computer, and he's like, like mumble jumble, right. like bitches, right. cars, money, hoes. I've been in jail. You should be in jail too. I am know? not a rap fan. No, um, I, I can't do it. Like I, I as much as like I like like conscious hip hop lyrics, but at the same time, I'm not going to go to it. I'll, I'll like, somebody will send it to me and be like, yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, the lyrics are great, but pick up a fucking guitar, like get the drums in there, get the bass in there, get the guitar in there. Yeah. I like, I can't, um, I can usually only listen to rap for maybe 20 or 30 seconds and yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, it just like is a downer for my energy level. And I'm like, okay, yeah, not my thing. Yeah. yeah. Like it, the whole vibe of hip hop for me is just like, 
oh god you know mm-hmm. but then as soon as i hear like ace freely wailing on a solo from kiss mm-hmm. i'm fucking like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like that was something else no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah uh, there's a great movie that I watched the other day Davies called OnlyFans account is no I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck yeah. <laughs> That's what it's called. Oh fuck yeah. Uh <laughs> my OnlyFans slash oh fuck yeah. <laughs> you should be one of those. Um what do they call those people that, that do the shows that are just noises and they'll like Oh, it's um, like, ASMR. Yes, and it's yeah, like yeah. eating food or something. Yeah, and you can be like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm Joe Biden, man. You could have a whole channel of that. <laughs> I got, I got hairy legs, blonde in the sun. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah, so the, I want to tell you about this movie. Um, it's called Spinning Gold. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-mm. Okay, so being like a huge Kiss fan and other um, artists on that label, um, it's about uh, Neil Bogart, who was the founder of Casablanca Records. It was an independent record label, and he got Kiss on there. He got Donna Summer on there. He had Gladys mm-hmm. Knight. He had like a shit ton of artists, uh, the Isley brothers. Mm-hmm. And it's just a story about like how he was like, you know, $7 million in debt trying to get these artists out there and on his label. And then, you know, even kiss, right. Kiss was on there too. And that's what got me interested in the movie. But, um, you know, he had these conversations with all these artists that he got on board on his label. And they're all like, where's her fucking money, you know? And even, like, Gene Simmons had a conversation. It was an actor portraying Gene Simmons. Right. And he's like, Neil goes onto the bus and sees Gene sitting there with his big-ass boots, right? He's got no makeup on, but he's like, Neil, like, where's the money, man? Like, you promised us so much. And he's like, look, I just need more time. Mm -hmm. I believe in you. I have faith in you. You're, you are the next rock gods, but you, you just need to give me a little bit more time and just have a little bit more faith in me. And Gene was like, okay, you know? And then it got more heated later on as the years went by, and he finally got a hit with Donna Summer's Ooh, love to love you, baby. <laughs> that 16-minute song, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was hit after hit after hit after hit. They got out of their debt. They got like $100 million, and they were able to make all these artists rich. Right. And the director of the film was Neil Bogart's son. So it was like a fucking love letter to his father, right? And Mm -hmm. by the end of the movie, I was just fucking like, <laughs> yeah, because I'm such a fan of these artists and like what they had to go through to get their name out there. Right? It was, it was, it was beautiful. It was so good. 
Way, way different, I imagine, back then that things are nowadays. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's funny, too, because the scene with Donna Summer, I'm scratching my back with a back scratch. I know, right I saw that. <laughs> I was thinking I could use that right now, right between oh, my shoulders. <laughs> it was great, I assure you. Um, the scene with Donna Summer, like he, Neil Bogart flew to England to like, say to her like because she was ready to like give up and just do the bar scene or like the churches and he flew there to tell her how much of a star she is and you know this is your last chance come back to california we'll we'll do your single and um we'll get it out there you're gonna be a star and she came back with him and then she was in the studio singing just like a little timid girl like right and he's like he keeps stopping he's like no 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 try again from the top no 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 try again from the top and finally he gets in the fucking booth with her and he's like you gotta sell this you gotta sell this you're greater than this just this timid little girl and he got he got from her these like simulated orgasmic sounds from her voice and he was like holding her and holding her hand and whispering in her ear while she was singing and then got her on the floor and she's like writhing around and this and that. And it was like, boom, there is the hit. Right. And that's what mm-hmm. got everybody rich. <laughs> that's funny because like, um, was thinking about how a lot of artists think outside the box when it comes to sounds and, and stuff like that. And I love Queen mm-hmm. and, and like the movie where they were talking about like, you know, by the bike horn and, you know, all these different um, sounds and stuff that they wanted to put on their records. And the executives were like, Oh no, that's, that's stupid. We're not going to do that. Like we don't need these kind of things. And they're like, well, this is our band. This is our music. And this is what we're going to do. And if you don't like it, then we're leaving walk off yeah. yeah and so they were always make you know like using kazoos and all kinds of shit i don't know yeah <laughs> that'd be that'd be me making music with a kazoo <laughs> it, it's, i don't it's, have no musical talent whatsoever <laughs> that's funny it's cool like i could go on for hours about music because like i i'm 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 very obsessive when it comes to music like Mm -hmm. figuring out all the uh ins and outs of what the artist had to go through in order to get what's on the record and what if they didn't get that on there you know would they still be the same you know Mm -hmm. and with kiss it was like they had they did three albums it was kiss then it was hotter than hell that I was dressed to kill. Then they did the alive, the live album, which was a double live album, which pretty much got their name out there because nobody ever did a live album, a double live album. Nobody ever did that except for kiss at that time. And then once they did that, they were still pissed off at Neil Bogart at Casablanca because the money wasn't coming in. It wasn't until Peter Chris came along with the song Beth, the slow song. Oh yeah, that when, was like yeah. that was like their huge thing. That was their breakout hit. And then after that, people started looking at 
<clears throat> their previous records, that's when the record started selling. But the band was so frustrated before that because they're like, we can't sell any fucking records. People love our live show, but we're not selling records. But when mm-hmm. Beth came out, it was after Donna Summer's uh, Love to Love You Baby. Mm-hmm. And then and then people started seeing Kiss, and then that's when they exploded. And then uh, Casablanca Records started raking in the money, right? right? And then they had that hit with Beth, too, and it was like, okay, here we go. Here's the money train. And then Kiss became fucking rock gods of the 70s, right? <laughs> super, exactly. super of, interesting of film. My, of my timeline, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, I was born in 79, so I came. I was born into this world when Dynasty came out, which is one of my favorite Kiss albums. <clears throat> but it's so interesting to see, like, loving this band for so many years, like 44 years of my life, and then seeing how you know, the ins and outs and all that shit. And I, I would love to get uh, actually pitched to uh, Timothy Bogart, who directed the film, to come on podcast. I would love for him to come on. And because I think we would hit a home run with the show, right? Right. Now, do you do you ever watch like the rock documentaries and stuff like that? Rock biographies? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, we do that all the time. There's always something like that on TV. Yeah. <laughs> That's like no, a I, thing. I just, like, if I get into an artist, I want to know, like, everything about them, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just how I am. Yeah, he's, like, he's Mr. Music, so he knows, like, every album from every band that he likes and every member of the band's name and like yep. the album order and what year it came out and whatever. And Fuck. I'm like, who fucking produced the record, <laughs> the engineer. Yeah, dude. I'm like, that's too much information for me and this brain. Him and, I, him and I would probably hit it off. <laughs> yes. Yes. You guys definitely would. So my dear, I love you so much, um, and it has been such a long time since we've done this. We're going to need to do this more often. But tell my listeners where they can find you at. The best way to reach me is uh, at Red Pill Cartel Podcast, all one word, no dashes, spaces, or dots. Uh, and then you can hit the link tree in my bio if you want to hear me ramble on with each guest that I get on every episode. Absolutely. It's very simple. I was going to say, for listeners who who don't know you or um, are, are new to you, if they haven't listened to you on my show before, make sure you go and follow his account, like, subscribe, comment, share, and download his episodes. I highly appreciate that, Janet. And I appreciate (laughs) you. I love you so much. Uh, You were there for me right in the beginning of when I started this game. Well, that's that, like I said earlier, is what I prefer to do because I don't care if I get big. I don't care about any of that stuff i just want to elevate other people and so if i can do something to help other people find their voice uh find an audience whatever i'm all about that so 
Me too. I'm the same way. And that's yeah. why, you know, you're on Davy's wave, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. yep. I love so, it. I love you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. I love you to pieces. So everybody go follow him. And thank you again for being here with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you next time.